Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking.、Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and、uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.、A、laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah,、oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, folks, and welcome to the Hang. In this episode, we're hanging with my good friend Ken McGraw. Ken McGraw is a New York-based actor, writer, improviser. And Guy Fieri enthusiast who can be seen as an actor on the Mod Team Night Eaters and also as Trent in Toxic Masculinity the Musical, which he co-wrote and co-stars. Ken studied and graduated from the New York Conservatory for Dramatic Arts and has been at UCB since 2013. Now Ken and I have been friends for quite some time, and I can honestly say he's one of the nicest, most generous, and extremely talented and painfully funny guys that I know. I know he will leave you with a smile on your face, inspiration in your mind, and confidence in your ability. I can't wait for you guys to get to know him and get in touch and keep in touch with him on his social media. Welcome to the Hang, Ken McGraw Jr. I, I, I am a junior.、Uh, you know, I am one of two, but、uh, just Ken McGraw. You know, for the stage for acting, of course. <laughs> Brother, so good to see you. Good to see you too, man. Thanks for having me on. When was the last time we saw each other?、Uh, I saw you. It wasn't Anastasia, was it? Was it back then? It might have、oh. been Anastasia. Yes. Or, or I ran into you on the street randomly in New York. That happened a lot with us. I felt、yeah. our paths kept crossing. I would just be like Ramin, and you like, hey, there we go. <laughs> First of all. Everyone, this is my buddy Ken. He's one of my favorite people. Every time I see him, he just puts a smile on my face. You've got one of the most infectious spirits, positivity.、Um, I only want amazing things for you, brother. And、uh, I, I, I think you're one of the funniest guys I know. Thank you. That means that means a lot because you you are one of the most talented and genuine guys I know. So to like get like something like that, I'm just like oh, like it's just like a nice thing we got here. Well, just for my my. My supporters, my friend, my on my virtual friends who are going to be getting to know you for the first time here. What is, what do you do?、Uh, I'm an actor, comedian in New York City.、Mm-hmm. Uh, just taken day by day, just trying my best just to make everything I can out of what this career brings to me.、Uh, I studied acting for.、Uh, I went to an acting conservatory、uh, in early like 2010 to 2012. And I've been in the city. What was that? I went. What was that? I went to the New York Conservatory for Dramatic Arts,、mm-hmm. and I studied Meisner and、uh, just a bunch of other stuff. You know, 
Feldenkrais, Viewpoints, all the good acting stuff. Uh, and that's where I really focused on film and TV because I all I had was a theater background, like doing musical theater and just kind of growing up with that. So where did the comedy come into it? Because where did you go? Did you go to UCB? Yeah. So after school, I, I actually thank UCB a lot. I moved back home to New Jersey for a little bit and I was like working like a dead end restaurant job. I'm like, I'm not happy here. Like I want to be back in the city auditioning. I was coming back and forth commuting and I was like, I'm going to sign up for UCB. And I moved back to the city and that's where I started doing improv 101. And I went all the way through improv four to the advanced courses. And then I started taking sketch writing classes there and character classes. And then I wound up getting on the character team, which was super cool to write my own original characters and have a monthly show. And then I wound up writing my own show and my own musical there and putting it up for a year. And it, it, it's, it was a wild ride. It's just like, that's where I found my voice. I always, com- comedy always came as like a strong suit to me. Mm-hmm. I, love, I love drama. I love like sinking my teeth into something cool and like, like living that. But I, comedy is just something I've always wanted to be like the class clown. I've always had a fun group of friends. Uh, I, whenever I played sports, I was always the funny guy on the team who would yell to the coach that we left somebody at the other school and he'd freak out. And I'm like, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, I just wanted to always make people laugh. It's just something I feel like it brings so much joy to people. Why wouldn't you want to do that? So between acting school and UCB and when you were, as you say, working a dead end job, but you know, you were working yeah. and were you, so you were auditioning, you were getting seen for things. Yeah. I, I mean, early on, it was tough. I, I didn't, re- I, everyone always would say, be like, wow, you're going to work like crazy in 15 years. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that's a long ways away. Uh, and I would also get like, people would t- like my teacher once would like, was like, I'm going to type you. And I was like, this sucks. But she was like uh, going around the room and she was like, uh, to people like leading man, uh, quirky best friend. And she got to me and she went cop and just kept going. And I was like, what? Come on. Like, give me some more than that. Strive for like, she typed people. She Like she was like, you're going to be typed in this industry. I'm just going to give you a little taste of it right now. And I was like, uh, okay. And I was like, that's, that's annoying. But Hey, I've only played a cop three or four times. <laughs> okay. So she was quite astute. <laughs> she, she <nailed> it. <laughs> so were your aspirations and this is before UCB music theater. Was it specifically that were you a fan of music theater or you, you went to be an actor and I, I've done musical theater since I was in like sixth grade. Like I was singing in the choirs and stuff like that in the choruses in school. And then I started doing the musicals uh, just because it brought me so much joy. And it was like, that was my first exposure to like theater and like being a part of like, I played baseball and stuff growing up, but I was like, Oh, like that's a team. This is like a different kind of team. And I like that mentality of like, hey, if we do really good, we're going to we're going to win this. Like people are going to be like, yeah, they won. <laughs> like and that's just like I, and I, and I, I strive on that. Like, I, you know, if you practice any sport, you get better. If you lift, you get stronger. And that can be applied to theater so easily. And I think that's why I kind of just fell in love with it. And what at that age, what shows were singing to your heart? What? What did you sort of like daydream about? When I was younger, I was like, I'm still like a, a, a husky, you know, I'm a, I'm a burly man. <laughs> but like when I was younger, I was like, oh man, like I would see roles like of like the funny best friend. And I was like, that's who I want to be. Like, I want to be the cowboy, the Willard and Footloose and make everyone laugh with dancing. I want to be, uh, I was, 
uh, I was like the, I had a strong group of friends that we all did theater together, like through like our early like twenties. And those are still some of my best friends in the world. So to Uh share it with them. And like my friend Jay was like always the lead. And then I would be the best friend and my other best friend, Ben would be the villain. So it's like, we got to like kind of do it together. And like, that was what was most fun. And you guys are still in contact and are they still pursuing it? Uh, so his, so my friend Jay, his wife opened up a community theater, uh, just to give uh, my hometown, like a place to do theater called exit 82 theater company. Cause I'm from Tom's river and that's exit 82. So it's worked perfectly. So I did, uh, I did a few shows there, like one in between college and one right before I went to college. And, uh, it was some of the best times I had, cause I just got to spend summers with the people I love and just kind of like wake up. Hang out, go to rehearsal, go to the beach. It was the best. So UCB, that's yeah. There's like two main. I don't want to call them improv schools or. So I mean, we'll get to this later. So UCB is the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, that's and it was founded by Amy Poehler, Matt Besser, Matt Walsh, and Ian Roberts. And they started in Chicago at like uh, I think it was Second City under Del Close who's like the grandfather of improv of long form improv. Didn't Ed so Helms they, go there as well? Ed Helms, I think went to second city, Tina Fey went to second city. A lot of oh, people. That's come second city. Right. Okay. And then, uh, Amy Poehler and all of them came over to New York and they opened up their own theater and UCB was born. And that in from UCB, like people like, like right now on SNL, Bowen Yang is, uh, is from UCB. It's a buddy of mine. Super cool. Um, who else? Like, I mean, Amy Poehler herself, Donald Glover used to, you know, Childish Gambino, he, he used to teach sketch classes at UCB. And it's like, that's wow. wild. You're one of the biggest stars in the world. And you used to teach a writing class here. And it's, it's, I, I love that because people's projections and stories, and you'd never know who you're going to see there. Like I've seen, <laughs> but I, I did my show ever for the first night ever. There was a great show there called Gravid Water. And you would love this. And actors would be paired with improvisers. Um, the actors were given a text, uh, a, a text, yeah. and they had to learn it word perfect. And the improviser they got paired with has never seen it before, so they had to stay, say exactly their word perfect script, and the improviser had to improvise the other half of the scene with them. Right. Uh, really going off them, it was so cool. And one night, I literally, I get off stage, I'm sweating, I'm gross, I'm like, hey, great show, first time we ever did it. I go backstage. And I go, and Michael Shannon is sitting on the ground, just like reading an iPad. I'm like, what, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, wow. I'm like, hey, he's like, oh, am I in your way? And I'm like, no, 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 you're fine. <laughs> just uh, keep, uh, keep reading. <laughs> wow. It was, uh, it, it's wild. And that's what I loved about the New York comedy community. It's like somehow everyone always found their way there or found their way back home. Uh, it's so nice. Well, it gives you, especially in New York, there's so many outlets for it and they really nurture the talent and it gives you, you, you have to put in the stage time for it too, especially in, in comedy. What I'm learning by listening to other podcasts, it's hard work, stand up yeah. comedy, improv. It, you got to show up, you got to do the time, you got to do work. Um, it's a muscle that you got to keep exercising. I think there's, I, I think it applies to anything, but, uh, a improviser there by the name of Michael Delaney, who's like been in, TV movies, like he's like somebody who's been there from the beginning. I think he said to get good at improv, you have to put in like ten thousand hours. It's like, mm-hmm. but like that's what anything. It's like if you put in ten thousand hours of something, you'll 
finally start to get it and be good at it. So what do you mean you, you had your own show there that you said it for a whole year you were doing yeah. this musical? The so one man show? It was a two man show. It was a two man musical. Uh, my buddy Douglas Weidick and I, we, we met up a year ahead of time and we started planning and writing. So from a year of our first meeting in a coffee shop to exactly to the week, we had our first show at UCB and it's called, it was called Toxic Masculinity, the Musical. I saw and that on show, your Instagram. Yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a show about just two, uh, you know, I, you know, rough dudes. Like, you know, they call them fuck boys. I don't know if I can say that. I'm sorry. You can say whatever you uh, want. It's, uh, and it's, it, it essentially, it's like toxic masculinity is such a big problem mm-hmm. uh, in the world. And we took, we took it and kind of flipped it on its ear where we blew out these characters. We made them larger than life. We made them funny. We didn't go to go for the cheap joke or the cheap shot. And that took a whole year of just like making sure like, Hey, we don't want these guys to be, these guys aren't the heroes. The hero is the girl in the show. Like she's the hero. Mm-hmm. And, and these guys kind of get the story, this whole script flipped on them. So in the end they end up learning a lesson. They learned, they, they end up alone, not even with each other as friends anymore because Sometimes you got to cut out the toxic people in your life. And it was so great because we ran the show twice a month at UCB and it was a half hour long. And then we were like, we have more material. We love to do an hour. And then we did it for an hour. We took it to LA. We did it at UCB LA. Did you? And yeah. Yeah. That was my first time out in Los Angeles. Like we, I got to take a show that I co-wrote and co-starred and, and go out there. And it was like a dream come true. So what, what's up with the show now? Where is it at? What stage is it at? So we were gearing up the week that all this happened to do a big concert at 54 Below with uh, our all-female band, like a kick-ass rock band. Um, we wrote them a whole song. Like we like were including them in the show. We, re- we rewrote the show to include them. And it, 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 we were getting to a place where we were working with these like GMs and producers. We're like, hey, like let's get ready to, for a possible run. Let's shop this around. And it kind of got put on hold and that kind of hurt. But at the same time, we are still here. We're still ready to do it. And we're excited to kind of like get back into it when the, when theaters open back up and people are excited to go out. Man. So up until the pandemic, this had a bit of steam. I mean, it wasn't even just this, like I, I'm not someone who ever like says like, man, you're doing a good job right now. But like up until this, like I felt like I was like, whoa, I'm having a pretty good year. Like I was really pumped. Like I was shooting commercials and like some TV show stuff I shot, like was coming out and like everything was kind of falling into place. And I shot this like big campaign for, uh, for uh, something I'll tell you later. I can't say it on yet. Cause it hasn't, cause it wound up not getting released because of the pandemic. And I was like, man. And then I feel like everything just kind of stopped. Yeah. And because of that, I was like, well, I can't let this get me down. I need to do something about it. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So I got in like a pilot writing class. I wrote my pilot that I've been sitting on for a year and a half that I was like, I'll write it. I'll write it. And then finally I was like, hey, I got to do this now. My, my management was reaching out like I have all these voiceover auditions. And I was like, great. I built a voiceover studio in my closet. I was like, I want to just keep doing you want to stay proactive because the last thing i want to do is look back at all this time and go well what did you accomplish and well good for you man that's so inspiring and i guess because you're in a position where you are surviving and you have the time where you can't it can be used for that so that's great that you didn't that you're not wasting it so how do you write? How do you, what's your process when you like, for example, with toxic masculinity, when you're creating these characters, what's the starting point? Cause I find it fascinating that so many of my friends write and I, I feel like, I don't know, there's, I don't know why there's something in me that says, I mean, you should write. I haven't written a song anymore in years. I don't know. I just, I, I might have an idea. Then I go to write. I'm like, nothing. Then I walk away and I do something else. I, it's, it's interesting because I was never a writer either. Toxic was the first thing besides like characters from at UCB, like that I was writing. I I would write like little one minute characters that I would use for auditions for at UCB. But then when I, when I got on the team, it was like, Hey, these characters have to be five, six minutes sometimes. And you're like, Whoa, not that long. And no one's watched six minutes of me. Um, but, um, but I was like, Whoa, this is like a, a shock because now it's like, well, now I got to go from writing a half a page to I got to write three pages. And it's like, I hope I can do this. And then you just kind of like put the pen to the paper, put on some music and just find what inspires you. But like with Toxic, I, I had the idea of, I was just like two man, sh- two man musical about shitty guys. And then I reached out to my buddy, Doug, who <laughs> is great with music and is very funny and I admire. And I'm like, Hey, I'm like, I have this idea. I think you would like it. And we, started spitballing in a coffee shop that day. And then there was actually a girl sitting behind us and we were just like talking. We're like, Oh, the girl's name will be Brooke cook. And uh, my name will be Trent. Your name will be Gavin. And like, we're talking like through the songs and the beats and like just the idea of the show. And we hear her laughing and kind of like turned around and she was like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to eavesdrop, but this sounds really funny. And we were like, like, that's what we like. Okay. Like we're just going to remember this moment. And if we run into a speed bump, remember this, like, Hey, this is like, don't question yourself. Just keep going. Um, the way I like to write is just put whatever on the paper. Just don't stop writing and then go back and edit. Because if you just kind of let it free flow out, you, you might have a bunch of crap, but then at the same time, you might have two or three things where you're like, but I can work immensely off this. But does it help when you have like something like toxic where you, in your head, you are thinking of a story arc? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, everything comes from one idea. I think if you have like one tiny spark of just like, this is the thing. If the one thing is like sunglasses, it's like, well, wh- well, what can that be? It's just like, well, sunglasses only come out when it's sunny. It's like, well, it's the life of sunglasses when they're not, when it's not sunny out. And then that gets me thinking of like, well, 
about other things about like, uh, well, where did the sunglasses go? And you know, like, that's just like the way my brain goes. It's just like, what's the backstory of this one thing and what can we build off and how can we make this relatable to someone who is going to watch it or listen? I remember what I, uh, stumbled upon. I couldn't remember. Cause you mentioned cool. 15 years. Did they actually say it'll take 15 years? You're going to be something. People have told me you, you're, you're going to work so much in like 10, 15 years. And I was like, okay. And, and, and to a, to a 21 year old kid, you're like, ah, <laughs> like you're like, I want to work now. And then, but I, I'm thankful for that because it made me want to work harder. It made me want to get in those classes and not just be like, all right, well, I guess I'll just do this, do something else for 15 years and then be like, well, let's go in for NYPD blue. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bring it up because when I was 16, somebody I looked up to who I was effectively job shadowing for the day said, this business has a funny way of filtering out those who will continue, those who won't. And he goes, it's usually up to about 15 years. It, whenever people are putting in the work and no matter like what age my buddy Doug said that there's always a 90 10 rule. And I was like, well, what's that? And he said, people will sometimes always only go 90% of the way and not knowing how close they are to the end. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so incredible because so many people could be so close and be like, well, if I don't get this role, I'm done. Or if this is my last time going in for this, if like, I'm, if I don't get it, that I'm taking that as a sign. And I've seen so many people who are just like, hey, I, I don't know if I'm, I think I'm done with this. And now I'm like, they're on TV shows. And I'm like, you did it. Like, and now it's like your career is just taking off. And it's, it's beautiful to watch. Cause then it's like, wow, it, it really can happen. It's, you know, people are just like, Hey, it's like the hardest industry in the world. And I'm like, well, my backup career is a uh, right field for the New York Yankees. It's just as hard. Yeah. So why, so why not just keep going? So what are your inspirations to keep, like, what keeps you inspired, especially lately during a lockdown, what's kept you going, oh, that's made me want to write or that, that fuels my creativity. I, I mean, this is going to sound crazy. I don't watch a lot of TV or movies. I just kind of, I watch like a lot of YouTube videos. And then I, within that time I've been working out, I've been, you know, talking to friends and stuff. And if I get inspired, I'm just like, well, let me just put this down now. Or if I'm like, let me put a, a character on Twitter of just like a bunch of people who only speak in Billy Joel lyrics. Like I, you did something like that on your Instagram, right? On Instagram, I did. The, <laughs> on Twitter. But I was like, I was bored one day and I'm like, I haven't done anything. I feel creative besides like my once a week pilot class. And I, all, and honestly, the people that keep me inspired are like my girlfriend, my friends, like everyone, like my family. It's like, I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you like? what are you doing to keep busy? And I have a bunch of friends who like do characters nonstop. And I'm like, I got to do something else. I got to, I got to do more. And my friend, Matt, who taught this pilot class was like six weeks, you're going to come in with an idea, which I already had my idea. And he's like six weeks from start to finish, you're going to have a pilot. And I was like, all right, well, we'll see. And from week one, it was work every single week till week six when a bunch of people read my pilot that's 34 pages long. I'm like, I wrote 34 pages in six weeks of a first draft, and I'm damn proud of it. Good for you. Do you want to talk about the pilot? Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm really happy with it. It's, so, so you went to this class. Matt was the teacher? 
yeah, my buddy Matt Starr, he uh, he teaches a pilot writing class and normally it's in person, but it, it's over Zoom right now. So you had an idea, but no pen to paper as of yet. No pen to paper. So my I had this idea for a pilot for like a year and a half now. Uh, I was in a board game commercial uh, and uh, this company. Real, really, this is real? You were this in? Real. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a board game company. Uh, and I was in, the, I'm in this commercial for this board game and the company like reached out to me and they're like, Hey, you're, you're really funny in the commercial. Do you want to come to these like conventions, uh, to be the guy from the commercial and like talk about the game? And I was like, yeah, sure. So they flew me to like New Orleans, Chicago, New York, like in New York. And like, I was the guy. So I got a firsthand look at like what the toy industry really is. And I'm like, it's so interesting because, a, 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 an industry that is so like games, toys, kids, families, it's all run by like adults that are just like, well, how, what can we do? What can we do to get this under the Christmas tree this year? And it's like, wow, it's wild. <laughs> so I wrote a, so my pilot is a, it's a mockumentary, like the officer parks and rec of, uh, of the toy industry of this, of this toy company that's trying to get back on top and just kind of following them to the biggest stage of them all, which is real. Uh, the Toy of the Year Awards, which takes place in New York every year. Wow. It's wild. You it's a whole other world for me. So many stories within that. It's a whole other world. I bet you saw some real interesting characters. So <laughs> there is this one guy, and he walks around with his posse, who's his wife and daughter, big glasses, like Gucci scarf, like jewelry. Oh. Like, for me. And I'm, and he's like, and I'm playing this game and he's like, Oh, that's my game. I'm like, cool. And then he's like, yeah, you know, like, let me explain it to you. And he like walks away with his posse and the guy who's my buddy, he goes, do you know who that was? I go, no. And they go, he invented Furby. And I'm like, what? <laughs> this guy is like, he like, he, it's like, that was his big thing. And then he's just been creating toys ever since. Just like, but he's walking around like it's, he's Don the, Corleone. I mean, like he's the don of toys it, it was so funny i mean he's a very very nice guy and i see i've seen him like three years in a row now two years now um and he like i'm just like say every time i see him just like button down shirt scarf glasses like <laughs> on the man I'm like this guy i'm like this guy the toy don over here <laughs> so i uh, and you know i i love I love mockumentaries. Uh, have you watched like The Officer of Parks and Rec or anything? Of course. Come on. There's some of my favorite shows. Uh, the reason I love the mockumentary form so much because I think it does something that other shows don't allow you to. It gives the characters a chance to speak directly to you watching. And I think that's so special because, I'll t uh, for, for example, The Office. The Office, I feel like, had one of the best series finales of all time. Because it gave the characters that you've known for all these years a chance to sit down, look in the camera, and be like, hey, thanks. Like, I know you're there. I know you're there. I know you're listening. Thank you. And, like, say goodbye. And gives them a chance to say goodbye to kind of close that book. And it's one of those things where when we watch another show that's not a mockumentary, we're watching these characters live their lives compared to these characters are living their lives and we're a part of it. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And I love how the comedy, you most of the time, is. I love comedy where they make a molehill out of a mountain yeah. rather than the other way around. So it's, they're never, you never feel like they're in on the joke. I mean, that's always the most fun because it's like, Oh, it, it like, that's why Michael Scott is one of the greatest written characters of all time. It's he can take something as simple as a Christmas party and build it up into everyone's trying to steal each other's gifts because he is trying to out to, to beat everybody in the, the town. And it's like, it's like, that's brilliant. Like, how do you do that? Have you watched what we do in the shadows? No. What's that? So it's a, it's a film. I've actually never seen the film, but I heard it's great. Uh, but it's, uh, what's his name? He just won the Oscar. Did he win the Oscar for Jojo rabbit? He directed it. I think. Have to, um, uh, so what's it called? What we do in shadows. What we do in the shadows. It's a mockumentary about vampires living in Staten Island, New York. And it's, Honest, I think it's second season, and I love it. I think it's super funny. It's a very out there, mature, silly show, and I'm like, this is something that's good. It's genuinely fun and good to watch. They just got picked up for a third season, I think. Highly suggest if you haven't watched. I'll take. I'll, I'll definitely check that out. And what about folks like Will Ferrell? I love Will Ferrell. I love Paul Rudd. Is like I love all those guys. Jason Siegel. I think that they work so well together, and a lot of it is because like they they are so good at improv and so trained that they capture sometimes magic that like wasn't supposed to happen that is just like instant comedy like there's have you there's a famous scene in Ace Ventura where Jim Carrey is walking uh in this like very formal party and there's a cello player and yeah. as, and do you know the scene yeah, and as he's walking he pulls his arm and the guy goes like that he improvised that and like the, her, his co-star had no idea he was going to do that and like almost broke and laughed because and it's, it's, that's something that like, take a chance because that's something that is gold. It's, I love it. It's, well, it's great to have, well, someone like Jim, I think he's a lot on to himself. So it's, you let him, you let him run with it. Cause he, yeah. he is a genius. I think he's a, a phenomenal actor. Yeah. Whether it's something like Ace Ventura or Man on the Moon. Truman Show is one of my favorite films. Beautiful. They need to make that into a show of some sort. Like I love that script. I love that movie. Beautiful. I love the cast. Everyone in it. It's just, it's perfect. It's one of my top three films. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because I, I, my barometer for that is I could always watch that. It's. And and be connected and be invested. It's so funny because like, it's wild to think like 
oh, there's a TV show about uh, out there of somebody who's living their whole life. And it's like, well, look at what life is now. There's every people are capturing moments from when their children are born all the way up until like, who knows what? And it's like, everyone's life is on camera now. It's like, it's, it's kind of wild. I love documentaries. I recently watched uh, the last dance. Did you, have you watched that? Oh man, that was so good. Woo. First off, the first thing I thought, I was just like, how did they know that this was going to be documented years later that like they would yeah. come out with, because it's, who, how, who decided to sit on that footage all this time and not bring it out five years ago? I don't know, but I'll tell you right now, because of this whole quarantine, it was exactly what I needed because there's no sports. And I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's the thing where it's like, they're constantly filming, like who knows what, like, and, and the fact that there was like all this footage from the entire season that they just put together so beautifully. Oh man. Big fan. You, what did you take away from Michael Jordan and his mindset to be the best? There was two things I thought of that my buddies and I had talked about. Could, would he have been as good as he was if he wasn't like a, a dick? Like, is that a, like, or like, is that like the mentality that you have to have to keep yourself in it? Um, but uh, did you think he was a dick? Or, or was he just that high of a benchmark of a mindset that if you weren't there, you would perceive him as a dick? I think that it's so skewed because there's one thing to be a dick on the court and then like to have the mentality of like, I'm going to win this game. I'm the best in the world. But then to carry that over into your life of like the fans and people like that, where I was like, oh, he's kind of a, a little bit of a nightmare, but he's also the greatest in the world. So that makes sense. I mean, I think that's like a mentality that maybe takes over where it's like, what was that bit with the fans? Why did I miss that bit? Well, there was one bit where, I mean, and, so I, always, and I, I always thought he was giving loads of time after games to kids, you know, to kids, which makes sense and stuff like that. But I feel like there was one in particular where, I mean, and I completely under, understand why he did this. I think he was at like a photo shoot and like, it was in Russia. And one of the guys who was like his PA was like, could you sign this? And like, he just like looked forward and like the guy like got in so much trouble, like on camera. And oh, I was like, yeah, I remember that. I, remember I was like, that. I was like, ah, I don't want to see that. That's rough. Uh, I mean, but then I, you look at him, Michael Jordan's exception everywhere he went. Could you? It reminded me the mass hysteria he would cause wherever he went, and I mean anywhere. It's he was an international star. It's like everyone knows the name Michael Jordan. He's like it's like Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan. Like to be ranked among some of the greatest people of all time, it's it's wild. It must be like a complete rush of like how do you handle your life like everything you do in life is going to be well it was documented for a year uh, <laughs> no for but, years yeah I, I mean constantly and you know and then any i'll tell you right now anybody who's as good as michael jordan who can go play baseball and still be decent and then go nah this isn't for me i'm gonna go back and win another championship in the nba it's incredible. He came back better. Yeah. But, and, I, and he only, did he only stop the baseball because of the strike, right? So he had time to start going back to train with. He was like doing Space Jam 
uh, one of the best sports movies of all time. Uh, <laughs> but did baseball take go on strike? The player a player strike? Base, baseball went on the player strike. They offered Jordan to play in the major leagues on the White Sox, and he was like, "I'm not going to cross the picket yeah, line." So we played right. in the minor league, and um, and then within that time, he changed his entire workout up with his trainer to like play baseball because it's completely different. And then he had a transition back into basketball mode and like, it just wasn't there, which what does that say about your body and your like muscle memory of like, you know, you're swinging about like this instead of doing this constantly, it's mm. all chest, it's all back. It's wild. It's like the, the human body is in mind is ridiculous. Yeah. I was blown away by that. He was my, it was one of those things where the whole family every night, one by one, we would watch it. As a, around. As a family, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's also special. Like my friend Amy is from Chicago, and uh, she was like, "I lived this," and I'm like, "That's wild." Like, it, it also made me think where it's like when all of this is over and sports are back, I'm gonna try and go to so many more sporting events and concerts because it's like I should see LeBron James play at least once in my life. Like, I mm-hmm. should try and make sure. If, I, uh, there's so many things I feel like where I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll catch it again. I'll catch it next time. Yeah. Like, I, like I've never seen Paul McCartney, and that's something I would love to see because it's like, how many times can I may never get that chance again? Um, yeah. So I think you know it's special to, you know, especially after all this, taking those moments and watching the Last Dance and go. Imagine being able to like sit back and go, oh, I've seen Muhammad Ali fight. Like, oh my god, like you're. It's so rare. <laughs> yeah. One thing I want to ask you, when you were talking about your, obviously you've had two sets of training at UCB and the conservatory. And you mentioned Meisner, mm-hmm. Meisner technique. Do you find that's helped at all with improv because of the repetition? Has it helped at all with improv? Yeah. I'm doing Meisner with you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure um, everyone picked that up as well. <laughs> Um, uh, explain what you just did because there's gonna be a lot of people who don't know what so Meisner Meisner is uh, I know it's gonna be repetition um, and it's listening uh, and I have I do feel like I helped with improv because I took that training of Meisner to improv and I've gotten notes in class where it's like can you you listen like a hawk like nothing can get by you and and I like that because somebody could say something where it's just like the ketchup's ready and then like you know, somebody could try it like it would be a throwaway line. And then I just be like, wait, what'd you say about the catch up and just try and make it completely different. Cause now like, Oh, what about that now? Bring, no, no, bring that back. Oh uh, no, I'm going to make you talk about that now. Um, and I, and I like that because it, 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 it gets you listening for every detail. It, it makes you present and in the moment of you're in the scene, you know, like improv is so special because it comes and goes so fast. It's for that audience. It's for that class. Like that's it. Uh, like it's not, it's rarely recorded. So the more fun you have with it and the more you listen and you take it in, build the scene out of it. Like when you're doing good improv, you know it, you can feel it because it feels like effortless. You're just kind of like on the fly. You're people are laughing. You, you, like you're trying not to laugh. You, you're, you're focused. And I, I think that that's what makes it so special because, and it's a beautiful art form because to say like, hey, can we get a one-word suggestion, candle, and then you make a 30-minute show just based on one word of just the word candle. It's like, how do you do that? That's amazing. Well, my takeaway from that is the key word is listen. 
Yeah. And I guess I try and with my scenes and when I'm doing, you know, scene work with, with other folks, you know, you make them the most important thing. If, I mean, my favorite thing is like, if you're always trying to make each other look good, if you make them look good and they make you look good, you're going to have a beautiful scene. You're going to have a, like, whether it's on stage, like scripted, not scripted because you're working with each other. If, if you're going to, if you're going to try and be stingy and make it all about you and make them work for it, it's, it's going to be one-sided, like so one, like it, it, the balance is going to be off. People are going to be like, Oh, I, I want to know more about that person. When you take yourself out of the equation and you can watch something beautiful happen in front of you. Awesome. Like you're watching a great scene. You're watching, you're watching a great conversation. Take yourself out of the equation, listen and watch something beautiful happen. Yeah. I, I mean, with those three little things, you can also one day be on the hang with Ramin. Yeah, I don't think there's a rush for that. But I, I love that. Take yourself out of the equation, listen, and watch something beautiful happen. And I think when you do that, it it not only makes you as an actor look good to, uh, to everyone else watching, but also it makes you smarter. It makes You're taking in the information. You're... you're absorbing the moment and, and, and you're serving you're serving others you're serving the peace you're not self-serving brother how can people get, keep in touch with you see your work uh mostly right now all my work is just kind of like characters and fun stuff uh on my social medias uh my instagram is the ken mcgraw and then my twitter is ken mcgraw and then my website is ken mcgraw.me ken mcgraw.me yeah, chemicalgrad.com was taken by a friend as a joke and made a fake website for me a few years ago. This is a true story. Wait, ready? Ready? A few years ago, a buddy of mine, I, I at, at UCB, of all the places, I used to work there too. I was in the box office and I got an email and I go, oh, my domain name's about to expire. I got to renew that when I get home. And I was like, all right, I'll be right back. And I went upstairs to like do my uh, line control duty. And I came back and the guy who I said it to is a computer programmer and just goes, Hey, I, I, I took care of your website for you. And I was like, what's that? <laughs> so you go to chemagrod.com, which I think it's expired now. It is. Hold on. I'll tell you that in a second. It's expired. It was a picture of me like this with uh, creeds with arms wide open playing. Uh, and every time you click, well, can the, you explain the, the, the part you just showed me because so, so it's me kind of like looking uh, blue steel into the lens with my arms open <laughs> and the, the the song creed with arms wide open is playing uh there's at the top <laughs> at the top is just a, a tracker that just says uh ken mcgraw new york based comedian and actor over and over and over and every time you click the photo it was a different headshot of me that popped up only on the face uh, and I was like, oh my God, I'm like, well, I was like, I, th this is my website. This is my domain. And he's like, ah, I bought it for uh, two years. So it's going to be your website for two years. So I was like, oh, great. So That's then I, so I had to buy chemical.me as a domain. So I made that my website. Finally, he was like, hey, I just want to let you know the, <laughs> the uh, domain expired. You can buy it back now. And I'm like, oh, incredible. So I went to the website. For some reason, I guess, I don't know if my name got popular within like two years, but it was like, buy this domain for $3,000. And I'm like, what? Who bought it? 
I don't know. Not me. I hope, I hope whoever owns KenMcGraw.com is enjoying it because you, 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 want, you need it more than I do if that's the case. So KenMcGraw.me is you. Absolutely. But with your Instagram, the Ken McGraw. The Ken McGraw, because Ken McGraw was taken. Is anything on either any of the socials exclusive to that? Or if they see it all on Instagram, they're all up to date? I, I, they're all up to date. I, I will upload some like, you know, maybe one-off stuff and jokes to Twitter. Uh, I'll put a lot of videos and picture content on Instagram. And then like, if you look up uh, like UCB stuff with my name, you'll see like some of my original characters, uh, like the only guy to get dressed up uh, for Halloween at work uh, <laughs> or a uh, kid writing home from fat camp. <laughs> uh, oh, which I, I, I mean, it's a dream. And also, just to stay up to date with all toxic masculinity stuff, just because when all this is back up and running and the world starts getting back to normal, we're excited to try and make people laugh some more. Yeah, man, we could do with some laughter. I think so. I think we need it right now. And I and, and thank you for doing this and putting out content for people to listen to during these times because, you know, you're incredible and people admire you. I admire you. You're, you're, you're a friend, but I'm a fan and uh, what you're doing is great here and just keep doing it. And man, you're the best. Thanks brother. I appreciate you. Two quick, quick fire questions before you go. What made you smile yesterday? What made me smile yesterday? Um, what made me smile yesterday? What day was yesterday? Thursday? (laughs) Uh, Uh, what made me smile yesterday? What's the second question? Let me think of this. First uh, childhood memory that comes to mind. That, that makes- First childhood. Uh, my, I was in sixth grade and my mom was watching American Idol and I started singing the same song that the person was singing. And my mom was like, that's really good. And she called my grandma and made me sing it for my grandma. And then she called my aunt and made me sing it for my aunt. And then, I, and then that Monday at school, I enrolled in chorus, and that was like that started all of this. Oh, um, that's amazing! And the, thing that, and the thing that made me smile yesterday was, hey man, just waking up, making my bed. That's great, man. Count your blessings for all the little things we take for granted, right? Definitely. I love you, man. Love you too, brother, man. And we'll speak soon. Hope to see right, you soon. Thanks for hanging. Well, thanks for hanging with Ken and myself. I hope you keep in touch with him, reach out to him, and keep an eye on his work. He truly is one of a kind. The Hang is produced by Dory Berestein and Alan Seals from the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find me online at epn.fm forward slash The Hang. Don't forget, you can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Ramin Karamlu, on YouTube, a roaming Iranian, or my Facebook page, Official Ramin Karamlu. Music for my podcast is by my friends and one of my favorite bands, The Dives. Please check them out at their website, thedivesmusic.com. That's thedivesmusic.com, where you can get to know them, hear their incredible music, get links to all their socials, and most importantly, their tour dates, where you can find out where you can see and hear them live. They are truly a great band, and they are phenomenal live. Check them out.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.